As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome to the Connecting with Coincidence radio show with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, bringing together the world's synchronicity experts to help you use meaningful coincidences to develop spiritually, psychologically, and practically. For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence into your web browser to find the book, website, Psychology Today blog, YouTube channel, and Facebook page. And now, here is the host of the Connecting with Coincidence radio show, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. Yes, 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 yes. This is Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, and this is Connecting with Coincidence. Over the past eight years, uh, I've had the distinct pleasure of communicating, communicating with a pair of trees in the forest near Charlottesville, Virginia. I call them the king and the queen. Somehow they stopped me one day as I was walking by them, and we have begun and continue to have a relationship. I've danced with them. They advise me. They help me feel better. And we communicate with feeling and with telepathic words. They like me to sing to them. This song in particular. The forest speaks to me, sometimes through the trees. The forest speaks to me, sometimes through the trees. Our guest today will tell us stories like this, how nature is far more conscious than we give her credit and is very willing to interact with us. Matthew Zilstra comes to us from Plettenberg Bay, South Africa. He is an integral 
ecologist with over 15 years of international experience in research, education, and facilitation of collaborative social ecological change processes. Matthew has co-founded several conservation-oriented organizations and currently serves as a founding director for the Organization for Noetic Ecology, aimed at reimagining human nature relationships. Matthew is a lead instructor for wildland studies and since 2009 has led academic field study programs across Australia, New Zealand, as well as South Africa. He completed transdisciplinary research in 2014, which explored how meaningful experiences and nature connect and support transformative education for sustainability. He has a passion for deep embodied learning and currently designs curricula and facilitates immersive programs and experiential workshops that ultimately serve to cultivate connections between people and nature. Matthew, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Bernard. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, what you're doing is, is really wonderful. I'm, I'm glad you could take the time to join us. Because as I tried to indicate at the top of the show, I am very much involved with communicating with nature. Uh, I've had a couple of interaction with uh, a pair of flies that got caught in my office. And I got one of them uh, to sit on my hand so I could take him outside. And the other one tried to do the same thing. Uh, but we didn't quite manage that. And you have had numerous experiences and have reported numerous experiences with animals of all kinds, including snakes, elons, and elephants. Could you tell us something about those stories, please? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, there was a period of my life, um, you know, where I was um, quite involved, you know, with rational scientific endeavor and um, was really... Um, doing everything possible, you know, to work towards a PhD in fishery science and uh, um, doing all the statistics around that. Um, I mean, my background has been largely in conservation and environmental science. But there was a particular time in my life, and um, I mean, I might start with this experience because it was the one that sort of opened the gateway for a lot of the other experiences um, that you spoke about. And um, it was back in 2006 when I was finishing my master's degree in environmental science and set to go into a PhD uh, when a close friend of mine, uh, Chris John, um, uh, unexpectedly died in a hiking accident um, in Iceland. And I was, um, I mean, absolutely shattered. I mean, it's that moment you get where, you know, the, the moment everyone hates when, you know, a, a friend gets onto the line and, and just sobs out and blurts out, you know, such and such has passed away. And so I um, grabbed my bicycle and went into the woods and um, I just sat there. I, I found a little clearing in the afternoon sunshine and sat there and didn't really know what to do at that stage. Um, and I guess you just go back to your fallback mechanism. And many of us coming somewhere along the line, you know, had a Christian indoctrination. I just sort of did a little prayer and um, sort of said, well, Christian, I, you know, I, I, I hope you're OK. I don't know what I was trying to think with that because, Obviously, he'd, he'd passed away, but I, I guess there was some part of me that was seeing that there was something beyond his physical life. And, um, yeah, I mean, within 30 seconds of, of voicing that quietly, um, three dragonflies, one by one, uh, landed on me. And I, um, it, it was, it just was, I mean, it was mystifying. And I, um, I mean, I, I was bewildered uh, for a moment. I didn't really know what to do with it. And one landed on my forehead, one on my shoulder, one on my forearm. And I just expected them to go off any moment. I, originally, I thought, well, this can't be, you know, this. I mean, they're just passing by and off they go. And um, they stayed. And they stayed for the longest time. And I, um, this is back in the days before before selfies, but I happened to have my um, pocket camera in my bag. And at one stage, I thought, well, this is crazy. And I, I leant in and um, picked out my camera and actually, you know, I snapped a shot to sort of prove to myself in the future that it was real as I remembered it. And they still stayed there. And then I just processed, I, I mean, I soaked up the experience and one by one, uh, they left me uh, eventually. Um, and uh, yeah, I, um, um, there was just this incredible emotional release. And it was an experience at that time, which, which, which actually shattered the, the rational, um, 
life I'd been living in. Um, I had had an interest in my earlier life, you know, with sort of the earth mysteries and that there was a something more, but I'd been really shelving that for, a, you know, um, for quite some time. And um, I was able to, I, I took that experience back to friends and, you know, just sort of tried to validate it with them. And they all concurred that it was quite, um, it was quite uh, non-ordinary, particularly because I was nowhere near water or anything like that. So, I mean, that's one of the key ones. And and then since then, I guess one's alert. And I mean, that led the way to my, um, uh, to my PhD research. It was a roundabout way, but I got there eventually, where um, one, one portion of that research looked into these encounters, not just my own, but many others as well. Uh, that I've been I've been writing uh, about the conditions in which uh, coincidences are more likely to happen, and uh, the three characteristics uh, include um, major life changes, uh, and you lost a friend, um, uh, high emotion, and you were grieving the loss of him, and need, which is you needed some reassurance somehow that maybe he continued. And that was that experience with the dragonflies uh, confirms again uh, what I've been able to observe. Later in your life, uh, years, several years later, uh, you were walking, you were taking a hike and entered a clearing, and uh, another dragonfly uh, landed on you, and you you left that area and came back, and a dragonfly returned uh, to you. Uh, that begins to make me wonder uh, what dragonflies mean to you, because I like to interpret symbols like this, and much like Jung and the scarab, the dragonfly may mean something to you. I would guess it does. So what does a dragonfly mean to you? Hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, I hadn't... Um for a lot of my research, I often stopped at that there is some sort of meaning without really plumbing it. But now that the dragonflies have happened a couple of times, uh, particularly um, as you alluded to um, actually earlier this year, they um, uh, they somehow speak to um, elements of the soul for me. And um, I think the soul is an interesting concept here because um, I quite like the, inter um, the interpretation given by uh, Bill Plotkin, which sort of says that it refers to our ultimate place in, um, in life or our sort of niche in the earth community. And in some ways, you know, when we have these coincidences, it, it really does feel like some part of our soul um, is being activated in terms of our place on this life. And so, I mean, um, having the dragonfly this year, I mean, like you say, with those three key things, which I entirely agree with, um, there was this transition point where I was actually going into a solo fast and what have you. And there was sort of a realigning happening in that moment when the dragonflies landed. So it really did feel this uh, this sort of coherence was happening as I was going and uh, sort of deepening my connection uh, with nature uh, in that moment, stepping out of an urban world, going into nature. And the funny thing in that moment was I was actually seeing the dragonflies and reflecting again um, on my friend and and almost sort of, you know, joking or challenging the dragonfly, well, are you, are you? Um, <laughs> because I hadn't had an experience like that for so long. So um, there was also that um, this idea that some part of my psyche was, say, reaching out into the world in some kind of way. Um, so I, I also, I mean, for me, dragonflies have also been a sign of sort of emotional release as well, um, and and this and this boundary between worlds, a world that's still a bit shadowy, a bit mystery, uh, which I don't entirely understand, but but certainly speaks to that part of myself. The dragonflies in, in each of the two stories landed on you, um, and they that means they touched you. And from mm. the way you're describing them, I'm going to say touched you in more than a physical sense, but more in a soul sense and connected you to something greater, something larger. And that first one in 2006 with the three dragonflies changed the course of your career. Uh, and, and, and that was that's a major touch. We're, we're, yeah. coming, we're, we're coming to the end of this segment, and we will continue to talk about dragonflies and other animals as we discuss nature and realigning nature and human beings with Matthew Zilstra. You are listening to Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on the Exxon Broadcast Network. 
It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by shaman worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes, and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pets, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Shamanic healing is the key to personal empowerment. Why? All four levels of our being, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, must be addressed for us to enjoy balanced, healthy, abundant lives. Yet there are few provisions for spiritual or energetic healing. Shamanism, found at the root of all cultures, is a very effective spiritual healing modality. To find quality shamanic healing you can trust, regardless of where you live, look no further than find your Path Home Long Distance Shamanic Healing Program. All Path Home Long Distance Healing Practitioners have been trained and certified through Path Home Shamanic Art School. Change your life. Live abundantly. Schedule a long distance shamanic healing session with Gwilda Wiecka or one of her quality practitioners today at findyourpathhome.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to CC with BB. I am your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, and we are coming to you on the Exxon Broadcast Network. And we're talking to Matthew Zilstra about nature and reimagining the human being nature relationship. Why, how are the synchronicities that are nature based different from other kinds of coincidences in general? Um. I'll just 
want to start with um, when I came into this research, um, I guess what I was noticing was that all types of synchronicities were bundled together. Oh. And um, and I mean, that, I didn't know if that was a problem or not, but based on my own experiences and as I started to hear anecdotal experiences, I realised that perhaps uh, phenomenologically, which means, you know, the experience of, um, they may actually be different in terms of their impact on our lives. And so particularly with, with, with nature-based, um, I was interested and had a sense that, it, that they might have more of an impact in terms of how we relate to the more than human world. And a lot of, um, I guess, study on personal experiences and particularly synchronicity, at least at that time when I started this, tended toward um, anthropocentrism and I would say somewhat of an individualism as well in terms of one's own uh, individual journey. Yeah, it's, so, all, it's, it's all about me. It's, it's all, all about, about me. Yeah. It's all about me. And, <laughs> and, and, and that is changing, I'd like to be able to say. I went to a meeting of the Serendipity Society, and in Serendipities, uh, discoveries are made by this one hero who does something great. Uh, but they are recognizing the, the dependence of that particular hero on the environment in which that person is acting. So I'm glad to hear you talking about this too. This anthro, this anthrocentrism and selfness got to change. So please go ahead. Yeah, um, exactly. That's great to hear that. Um, yeah. So like the idea was, well, can these uh, types of synchronicities actually shift us into a more relational way of being? And, and part of this came because a lot of my other research has been focused on nature connectedness and the importance of a sense of connection. So I was wondering, well, you know, uh, how effectively does uh, synchronicity open the doorway to a sense of connection and particularly connection with non-human nature? Um, so, you know, and there's a lot of um, um, literature talking about the sense of separation that humanity finds themselves in. And I've also wrote a bit on that. So that was sort of um, part of the impetus. And um, what I found with these types of synchronicities is that, firstly, they um, were more effective or more powerful in in um, opening up a sense of nature connection. So I did, um, aside from my qualitative uh, research, I also did some quantitative uh, research looking at, um, you know, uh, people who, um, who have meaningful nature experiences, um, are they more connected with nature and how does it affect their environmental behaviour? And so I was also specifically looking at, well, people who have synchronicity as a meaningful nature experience, um, do they report that they're more connected with nature? And they were, and they were more than um, they were more so than people who just had a, a meaningful nature experience, which wasn't necessarily synchronicity. So um, that um, um, that was one um, a difference. But the other uh, sense how was do, really how, how do yeah. you define a synchronicity in nature now for our audience? Yeah. So um, the way I defined it was it's a notable experience of two or more physical or psychological events of comparable content coinciding in an unlikely, so no normal cause and meaningful way, uh, whereby at least one event prominently involves non-human nature phenomena. Mm -hmm. um, now, I mean, I understand it's problematic. I mean, if you take this all the way, I mean, firstly, it kind of creates an artificial separation, which we really need to try to avoid. But in order to sort of see our connection, we have to sort of stand apart from the unity, you know, to, um, to be able to see that. And so, I mean, that's one of the paradoxes. Yeah. But yeah. the other thing is yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, people might take it all the way to the end point and say, well, you know, everything is connected. Um, there is a unity. You know, we are all, uh, all one, you know, and there shouldn't be that separation. But Again, what happens is that um, we can, um, you know, j just because of the persuasions of our, of our own experience and being enamoured with ourselves as humans, uh, we tend to find that our own human experience can dilute nature. And, you know, th there's something about having these moments with nature that really give a sense of humility, um, a diminishment of, of a part of ourself and, uh, and some sort of new relationship with the other, in this case, the non-human other, which other experiences don't tend to do. Very good. At least that's what I found in my research. Yeah. Oh, very, very good. Very good. That it's somehow it's not just about us. When you have an a, an experience like this, the, there are really conscious beings out there. And what I, what do you think of um, what I described at the top of the show about my relationship with the trees? Because what I've read 
at least what I've read of yours is mostly with uh, with animals, not with plants that you are describing things. But I, I'm sure you have plant coincidences as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I recorded quite a lot of them. Um, and actually, there were a few uh, that were very similar to what you described, where there is a sense, um, a sense of communication taking place. I think... Um, um, there's something about an animal that that is quite um, primordial, and and we relate to that in a different kind of way. Also, because you know we can see ourselves perhaps in the animal. There's a a sense of um, intelligence there, which is more um, more easy to access and more easy to be seen. Whereas you know with plants and trees, it's a bit more difficult. But um, increasingly, I am hearing these experiences like yours, and I find them um, fascinating. You know, what I was focusing on with my research was really um, on the experience. So, um, you know, um, the idea that there's value in the experience itself. So a lot of synchronistic research was um, would go ahead to causalities or yeah. or justifications and maybe say that it's, um, it's telepathic. But, but you know, um, what I was trying to do was looking at the experience and whether it's real or not is irrelevant. But the, this was a, this was a huge epiphany for me in my research was that whether it's real or not is irrelevant, but the important thing is that the interpretation exists and that has a causal effect on attitudes and behavior toward the environment and like how we are in the world. And it also served as a bit of an escape clause for me being in a very natural science context because I didn't have to then say, well, well, Bernard's communicating with trees. Uh, I could say he's experiencing that and uh, whether or not we like it or not, um, that is um, that is very much affecting your being in the world in some kind of way. That's so such a, that's such a very very important distinction you're making there. It's a it's good science what you're doing. Uh, you're not making a causal hypotheses as I will in doing that. That those trees are communicating with me is my but that's my experience and I can't prove it any other way but to say it was my experience. So it's a great place to be for your starting. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm one of the big themes that was coming out like when I was coding all these experiences was people were experiencing it as, as some sort of interspecies communication. Yeah. And I mean, there are the likes of, um, in Australia, there's uh, Monica Gagliano, uh, Dr. Gagliano, and some of the research she's doing on trees and plants is perhaps nudging us towards the idea that maybe these experiences will, you know, soon have enough evidence to suggest that there is a, um, a communication taking place as you describe it. But, you know, what synchronicity at the moment allows us to do is to say, well, you know, uh, we don't have a causal explanation as yet, but there's something within that that's actually important in itself. And, um, and let's be with that and let's stay with that for a while and see what it means to the individual. And you're, and you're very practical in your ecological drive. You want to get human beings to have more respect for nature than we do. And what I think you're saying is that these experiences, however they might be caused, humble us and give us greater respect for nature and hopefully treat nature better than we have been doing. That's the ideal. Yeah. I mean, that's what, um, and that's what, you know, um, I hope for, I think we need to all hope for that. And that was borne out in the research. I mean, people were self-reporting. So ideally you would do a longitudinal uh, analysis to see, but you know, um, all indications from what people were self-reporting was that, these meaningful nature experiences, whether synchronicity or not, you know, were uh, um, were having this kind of impact um, on people's relationship uh, with Earth. And you know, um, you mentioned um, um, your experience with flies at the beginning um, of the program, and I think that's very important because one of the things I found that say synchronicity as a meaningful nature experience does, as opposed to another nature experience, is that it can transcend speciesism, and. <laughs> um, a lot of ecologists can bemoan the fact that we all want, you know, our totem, um, totem animal to be an elephant or a, or a wolf or something like that. So the charismatic species win out. But I also had an experience with insects, particularly with mosquitoes, and it changed my perception of them forever. You know, so it's interesting that when you have an experience like you said with, you know, with flies, normally, you know, we disregard them, um, you know, um, it, it can have the impact that you don't ever see flies the same way again, because perhaps, you know, you realize that they have the potential to intervene in your life in a particular way to to bring some sort of meaning um, or message or insight.
Well, I was trying to help them get out and uh, get out of my office because they were they were getting kind of tired and hungry, uh, having been there for a couple of days. So I I communicate. I talked to the flies. I said, you know, I'm your only way out. You you can't get out of here without me. It was like I was talking hmm. to somebody in prison, and I was trying to offer them uh, some way to get to freedom. And somehow the first fly. Uh, trusted me enough after a while, and the second fly seemed to have learned from the first fly and jumped, jumped got to my hand faster than the first one had. <laughs> Fantastic! <laughs> Thank you. It was. It has changed my ideas. They're conscious beings; those things, and we can communicate with them. We're coming to the end of this segment, and we're talking about nature and encouraging you, our audience, to get out there and. Keep open to the idea that your mind and the mind of the insects and animals around you are interested in making connections. You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD on the X Zone Broadcast Network. We are talking to Matthew Zilstra. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is... As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is reality as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com, or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net.
Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome back to Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bertie Biteman, MD, and we are talking about nature synchronicities with Matthew Zilstra from Plettenberg Bay in South Africa. Matthew, you've done a PhD research project on synchronicity and nature, and um, in your appendix, uh, you got to some ideas that uh, might be interesting to our audience, some findings that maybe aren't standard, but are probably worth discussing. Could you tell us some of those findings, please? Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why they were uh, put in the appendices. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, I mean, as I said, I was, you know, um, focusing uh, on the experience and not the causalities. But, you know, part yes. of this exploration is to bring out common themes and, you know, also to, you know, change from uh, move from a subjective experience to an intersubjective experience so without ob- objectivity the best we can hope for is intersubjective experiences when we which helps us maybe have some idea what's going on and um what i um a former student of mine um randomly handed me this this tome of a book by a gentleman called manly hall um it's from 1926 and it was called the secret teachings of all ages um, an encyclopedic outline of Masonic, Kabbalistic, and Rosicurian symbolic philosophy. And, I, you know, I, I didn't really – I was like, whoa, what's this? Anyway, um, I, w- I was flipping through it, and um, one thing I uh, caught my attention was um, uh, Hall speaks about this idea that um, winged creatures – or there are certain creatures capable of functioning in two or more elements, so either in earth or in, or in air or in water or on earth, and that these were seen as being messages of, of spirits uh, between these planes. And, you know, what was interesting is that the Greeks um, also had this idea that, you know, um, that birds were sort of omens of the spirits. Um, and, I mean, interestingly, also here on the continent of Africa, I mean, very few people will be talking about synchronicity, but a lot of people would be talking about messages of uh, messages from the ancestors so um what i was keen to do was look at well how many of my synchronicities actually involved winged creatures and actually uh, and then also how many of my uh, meaningful nature experiences were with um with mammals and there was a distinct clustering when i sort of um, developed networks there was distinct clustering that the synchronicities were more likely to be uh, involving um um insects uh, birds or any uh, maybe some amphibious creature. And I just thought it was an interesting um, an interesting sort of uh, link, basically. And one, one idea that, um, that was also put in Hall's book, and which I think uh, Jung and Freud also explored a bit, was that what they called the lower kingdoms of nature, which were less evolved and more simply constituted, could respond most readily to the impulses of the gods. And... Um, what I could also take is that is perhaps if we do look at the fact that there's some sort of psychical transference, you know, um, with these deep emotional states that we activate in our psyche, you know, um, I know um, authors have spoken about how it feels like that the deepest parts of our psyche reach out and sort of grab reality. And I've and I've I've often wondered whether these simple um, these more um, the, the, these other forms of nature could be more reactive to our uh, own impulses. But on the other hand, I also want to make that sort of ontological turn and not say that everything around is just dancing in our own creation. You know, perhaps <laughs> the more and more we find out about animals, we find out that they may also be sensitive and attentive to our own sort of emotions and um, and um, and place in life. And perhaps, you know, your mammals and your larger animals can, can pick up on that side of things more easily. So, yeah, that was quite curious. And um, and it also um, are, are validates you... some of the indigenous um, belief systems as well. I, I think I, I'm trying to understand what you just said. You, I thought you were going to say that maybe some of these uh, animals are using us for their own purposes. <laughs> you know, um, um, I wouldn't rule that out at all. Um, and it would be a wonderful thought to think that, to be honest, because, you know, everything about 
what we tend to do is, you know, for, you know, for our own purposes um, and our own sort of, uh, I guess, individuation or, um, or evolution or becoming a better person, um, I do have a sense that, you know, um, that animals seek out us as well. And perhaps, again, you know, um, like your own experience with the flies, uh, the first one, you know, um, got a ticket, got a ticket out of jail. And the second one said, well, you know, um, I'll come across and, and try and experience the same. So, I mean, there are whole realms opening up here scientifically, you know, that we that we don't yet quite understand. But there's more and more evidence suggesting that animals have a whole lot more to them than we've given them credit for. Oh, yeah. And uh, and I'm with the trees because uh, that's and the trees, of course. That's, yeah. Well, that's that's my particular area uh, that uh, I, I do trees. I, I do animals, too, but it's the trees and those trees um, talk to me. And you could say I did it myself is to try to help save the, their fellow trees uh, because the one of the big power companies is cutting down trees south of Charlottesville to put in something that is some gas thing that is not necessary, a gas pipeline that really isn't necessary. It's all for money. And and people are are. Are, are trying to protest against this. And I participated in a program, uh, the Dr. Coincidence Song and Dance Show that I put on, where we were we gave the proceeds to the protests uh, because the trees had encouraged me to do that. Hmm. That is, I mean, that's a beautiful story. And, you know, I mean, if those sorts of relationships are informing and serving in that way, then, I mean, they need to be encouraged. And, you know, I mean, a lot of my colleagues in conservation um, traditional conservation, you know, you know um, would spurn these ideas, and, and I, and I get it, and I understand it, um, and I was reluctant for a long, long time. But again, we come back to the interpretation, and you know, if conservation, and I hated being secularised like that, but we'll keep it as it is. But if conservation um, wants or needs um, people to, you know, to act in the way they hope for, they need to be open to all sorts of uh, relationships with nature, and a lot of those come, you know. Um, from an emotive or heart space or a spiritual space and they yeah. can't be shelved off as saying well we'll only take those ones and we won't take those ones right. um, if it's helping you know to, uh, to bring us into relation with the with the planet um, we need everything we can at the moment it's a, and it's a difficult uh, transition for uh, regular scientists to think that the trees might have enough of a consciousness to be able to communicate out and and i i've, I've read a bunch of books on, about trees and how they interact with each other and the fungi under the ground that connect them. Uh, yeah. But, but n very rarely do I see, which I saw a, a description of, of uh, a person in the Amazon climbing a tree and having to put spikes in it and, and apologizing to the tree for putting the spikes in for what he needed to be able to do and recognizing that the tree was responding to him. But he was like, he's like an He's like not our Western mind, so he can do that. But I know this. I mean, I know from my own experience as best as I can that there is a consciousness in many trees, and they are trying to communicate with us. And and what you're doing is getting us in a, a step in that direction. But you're doing it in a nice, systematic way, where you're starting with phenomenology first. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to go all the way, and and you know, um be able to validate these things more. And I know there are researchers out there doing that. I have a colleague who's who's doing her postdoc on um, on this kind of thing, but a step further looking at this intuitive uh, communication with nature and really taking more of your experiences and actually doing things with them to see, you know, um, what can we learn from it? So, and, and I would say even giving them more empiricism or, or at least more validity as, as, as something in themselves. So that's happening, um, and I, um, you know, may go there in the future myself. Um, but at least at this point, you know, and this is one of the things that synchronicity does um, when. Uh, so I mean, one of the safe challenges with an experience like yours is that I might see you as an external observer looking at a tree, and you might be saying, "Man, I'm having this incredible experience right now. I'm communicating with it," but there's no sort of objective means to validate that whereas sometimes when we have these synchronicities with other people even um with uh with animals somebody else can actually witness it so it can almost become like it's not objective but it become the next best thing to some sort of objective um view of reality 
So, I mean, that's why it was good because it, um, it can become a shared experience. It can be observable. But at, but absolutely, that shouldn't take away the, um, the sort of experiences which you're speaking of because they are uh, bringing us into empathetic relation with the world and respect. And it seems to me, and what I found out in my research as well, is that when we enter nature with a shift in our consciousness uh, through respect, uh, through reverence, perhaps through some sort of ritual, with an opening um, of an awareness, these experiences are more likely to happen. Yes, very much more likely to happen. Um, the, I see what you mean about objective, because I, I had to guess about whether I was making it up, talking with the trees, and sometimes they were pretty funny uh, with me, <laughs> um, telling me, well, you think you're talking to us, well, do you think something else is true, which was even a lower probability than talking to them? So which, which do you think might be more probable, says the tree? <laughs> this other thing or talking to us? And I said, well, okay, it seemed like it's gonna be more like talking to you seems like it could be happening, but it's still so subjective. And, and you could take a photograph of the dragonfly sitting on your cap so you had evidence that that dragonfly was there. Uh, you didn't have a movie of it. You would have with our current phones, but you didn't. But at least you had a picture. And that's the kind of evidence that good research requires. So this subjective thing is a is a problem when talking to immovable um, things like plants. But some, sometimes with other kinds of plants, you can see the leaves moving. And a friend of mine is much more tuned in than I am. And she could say, she was telling me once those those plants over there are laughing with you because she can tell by the way the, the leaves were moving. We're coming to the end of this segment. We're talking with Matthew Zilstra about synchronicity in nature. It's a wonderful discussion. You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on the Exxon Broadcast Network. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon. UFOs are real. Get both the book and the DVD. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. $40 value for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to LAMarzuli.com. Net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I dot net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not so secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hides can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit IconQuality.com. Did you expect your business to flourish, but instead it plateaued or didn't get off the ground yet? Would you like to achieve massive goals and discover new sources of income within your business? When you're ready to experience that type of success with fast results, Cindy Hendricks is the business coach for you. Her work with entrepreneurs and business owners has been life-changing. To get you and your business where you want to be, go to imaginemoresuccess.com. Has the fear of public speaking stalled your business or personal life? What would you give to develop and maintain supreme confidence? Have an invaluable private program to always perform at your best. Imagine how you would feel. You can have all that and so much more today with Thomas Hyde's life-changing course called Number One Fear Unleashed. Visit NumberOneFear.com and be liberated from your fear of public speaking. Welcome back to CC with BB. Yes, I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Biteman, MD, and we are traveling out into nature, finding amazing coincidences out there, too. Matthew Zilstra has done a PhD on synchronicity in nature, meaningful nature experiences, he calls them. And Matthew, you have um, several stories about elons and elephants and snakes. Uh, could you tell us one of those that really struck you as a part of your research? Um, you mean from other people or from myself? Either, either one, other people or yourself. Yeah. Um, um, the experience that stands out for me um, was actually um, one that I recall in detail in my dissertation because it had so many of the elements that we speak about. It wasn't just with an animal. It was also with landscape. Um, it, had, um, it, um, it, it wasn't just simultaneously in time, um, but it was um, spread out over time. And it also was important um, um, was that um, 
it, uh, there was a series of events which actually had the same thematic content. And it was a colleague of mine who uh, um, he's now become a colleague of mine, but at the time I didn't know him. Uh, and I called him to do an interview because I'd heard he'd had some sort of incredible experiences throughout Africa with his filmmaking and what have you. And um, I, I, I made the interview. And then when I actually sat down for the interview, he had just had this experience. So it was very fresh in his mind. It happened three days earlier, which was fantastic because from, from doing a lived experience research, it was very fresh. And he, he had been swimming every day um, in the cold oceans around here. And um, um, he, hadn't, um, he used to sort of um, do his swimming with breathing exercises and what have you. And he had cultivated sort of a dialogue with the ocean and um, expressing thanks, but he hadn't been feeling so good and it wasn't really working for him. And on this particular day, it just, uh, everything clicked and he felt this um, this absolute sense of oneness and he felt he was having this dialogue with the ocean, just as you were um, ex um, um, explaining with the trees and it just felt fantastic. And then in that moment, um, an otter appeared. Now he had been swimming every day for, um, for seven months, he'd never seen an otter, and um, he knew that otters would only come out at um, dawn or dusk usually. And he was um, one feeding right in front of him, and he, you know, um, jumped in the water. And this other otter then approached him, uh, feel, um, touched him, uh, felt his body, you know, uh, for the longest time. And he was just, you know, so overwhelmed uh, from emotion through that experience. And what was so synchronous from him was he was like, you know, um, it just seemed too much of a coincidence that that should happen on the day that he had the deepest connection with, with earth and with himself of the whole year. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so he had these feelings. Um, and then what happened from them was three days later, he gets a call from his mother who lives 30 kilometers away on the other side of the bay. And she had also had an ultra experience. Ah. And she'd only just started swimming, you know? <laughs> um, and so, I mean, he was, you know, he was like, I mean, what's, you know, what's going on here, you know, there. Yeah. And, and then to further the story, when I visited him for a follow-up interview several months later, we went for a kayak before the interview and we had an otter encounter in the middle of the day. The otter came to the kayak. And <laughs> so, um, you know, the ecologist in me wants to know, well, is this normal behaviour? This is a key thing. And what I like about nature-based synchronicities is that, is that they should awaken that curiosity for us to know um, you know, so that nature moves out more than just being this wall of green, but we actually start to wonder, well, is that normal for otters? You know, um, is that normal for dragonflies? Um, you know, so we can also start to learn about nature as well, because, I mean, sometimes it could be normal. But for this, um, it really, I mean, we both know things pretty well, um, know the ecology of the system pretty well. And we've, you know, years since, we've never had these kind of experiences again. And if they have happened, they've happened in these interesting or strange kind of circumstances when something you know has happened so i mean that's i mean that's one that i thought was um was quite incredible just because it involved multiple types of of synchronicity in this one event that's that's joined and you know one one thing is tricky about these synchronicities uh, is that you take one by themselves and they may not appear that wow to somebody but you take a series you know um, that can be very very meaningful and um uh, and that was the case, you know, uh, here as well. I really like that one. Uh, and I, I, I'm into causality or explanation. I'm writing a chapter for a new book on explanation for coincidences. And this one makes me wonder. I start coming up with pictures about how it happened. Um, and I wonder what you thought. I mean, I, you're, you're a good scientist, but you also are open to wondering. And uh, what, do you think, what do you think happened that there would be uh, three otter experiences w involved with this one person, his mother, and then with you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, like in my written work and what I've researched, uh, I haven't gone there, but, uh, yeah. but obviously uh, um, as a good scientist, you want to, I mean, I mean, the curiosity is, um, is awoken to me. What's going on here? Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah. I've certainly been inspired by some of Dean Radin's uh, interpretations here. Um, you know that that uh, I'm also you know that there seems to be this waveform of possibilities, and that at some point, you know, through the way we cultivate intention and our tension, you know, we we reach out or perhaps solidify one of those um, possibilities in this in this waveform of all possibilities. And when I speak of the waveform, I sort of think of this double slit experiment, you know, the idea that once we observe something, 
some sort of um, outcome uh, manifests. But, you know, I mean, that, that kind of works okay. I, I mean, it's still so hard to grasp, and particularly when this animal has agency themselves, you know. So we could say the otter, you know, was actually in an empathetic relationship, and perhaps the behaviour that he experienced with the otter is not that abnormal going back 100,000 years and we were so much more connected with nature. Perhaps that happened all the time, and the otter is now saying, ah, you remember, you know, you finally dropped your ego and you remembered your connection with Earth, and and this is what it's like to be with humans when we understand each other. I mean, that's that's perhaps that side of things, but the fact that the same symbology and the content should then appear with another otter 30 kilometres away and then should then appear six months later, you know, um, that, that sort of um, symbology, um, yeah, I mean, becomes, becomes quite difficult to disentangle like, well, in, um, well, terms, of, terms of the causality going on there. Well, I'll tell you my, my images of this because I think in like videos uh, and collapsing the wave function is just a nice idea that, really takes me very little gives gives me a little help um but <laughs> it, it just it, it gets used so much to explain things they don't even know they don't even know what the wave function is they don't know where the electron is when it's being collapsed or the photon it's 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 a problem but in this one um your friend your colleague uh, as he became uh, entered into a new state of awareness and consciousness with the ocean he was one with the ocean he was with the ocean and i've been doing that sometimes too and but not this deeply and in that moment the uh, the otter which as you were talking about like like flying things the otter can do both water and ground and the the otter came out of the ground to the water or right at the edge of water and ground and that's where he was and that's he was open to everything and the otter for whatever reason it was an otter it wasn't i could play with the term otter but i won't right now but otter the otter was like there with him and maybe saying we are i am showing you and we are part of you and you are part of us because you are and because he, I'm going to, I use this term simulpathity to say that people who are closely connected with each other can feel the pain of the other one at a distance, simulpathity, yeah. feeling it. And so it can, not only just pain, but there's him and then his mother is also by the water and his mother then is, becomes part of what he's experiencing and she picks up what he's experiencing so the otters around her can then come out to her the way the otter came out to him because she's parallel vibrating the way he was vibrating. And then when he was with you in the kayak, uh, then you re-evoked those old feelings. You brought with him the reminder, and you had it in you, the feeling of his description, and you could then reverberate with him that then brought the same vibration out that they allowed the otter that was there to say, okay, you're part of us again. I like that a lot. Um, And I think, you know, uh, this idea um, of reverberation, of vibration, of, of frequency, uh, makes a lot of sense, and um, it does have some currency, you know, within our scientific um, worldview as well. And um, I mean, that's 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 actually how it feels like as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. focus on the experience. Yeah. I mean, that really is how it feels like. We we feel we've changed the channel. We feel we've tuned in. I mean, these are also the words we use. Yeah. And uh, and it almost starts to feel like that certain animals are perhaps on that certain uh, emotional frequency. And if, yeah. I mean, like the word emotion itself. I mean, is is sort of energy, emotion, you know, like it's that yeah. heart coherence. And it's like that certain animals appear when we need them and they have certain symbolism that, you know, that really speaks to what our, you know, vibration is um, at that moment. I mean, yeah, um, I, um, I mean, my own personal experiences and, and what we see in research seems to play that out um, experimentally, uh, experientially um, as well. We have about a minute left, and my theory these days is that we have, um, maybe in our skin, receptors for a kind of energy that's around us that we don't know we have the receptors for, but we do feel things. I particularly know that from dance, when I'm dancing with people or in a dance environment, but it happens a lot of other places, where I can feel the energy around me. And so I'm hypothesizing that we have uh, energy information receptors that have yet to be defined. 
Yeah, um, I think so. Um, or we've lost our connection to those. I mean, I mean, we really need to get out of our head more and really come into a more embodied relationship with Earth. And by doing that, I think we might reawaken those very senses, which we probably had, you know, um, 50, 100,000 years ago. I think in some ways we're only a fraction of the humans we could be. And uh, my hope is that this, th these experiences open up dialogue into what we could be as humans. Keep up the excellent work, Matthew. Keep up the excellent work. You've been listening to Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Bateman, MD, on the Exxon Broadcast Network. We've had a great conversation with Matthew Zilstra. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.